Welcome to the Rock and Roll Survivors podcast, dedicated to those in front of the curtain, behind the curtain, and somewhere in between. I'm Kristen, and on season one, the legendary rock star Patty Quattro joins us to discuss her time with the band Fanny, the fabulous feedback from the international press, David Bowie's contributions to the fifth and final Fanny album, and so much more. So let's get started.
we talked previously about Fanny's rock opera, which is a little bit different than the album Rock and Roll Survivors because you did different music and you did this live. And I found in the press that you sent me, thank you so much, there's a wonderful article where all of you are quoted in it. So I wanted to read it. It's a bit in depth, but I think it's worth it. It's called New Fanny Unveils. So here's the whole idea. The idea is that it's a rock opera, as I'm about to read it to you, but also the changing of the guard of band members. So that's what this article is about. I also think it brings Cam Davis into a conversation that I feel she may have been woefully ignored for a while. We can talk about her as well. So the article starts off, can a band of LA ladies with a daffy sense of humor and a predilection for playing loud and heavy succeed within the heady, difficult confines of rock and roll opera? Streaking in Cambridge's performance center for a streaking, streaking Cambridge's performance center for a week-long unveiling of their new extended piece, quote, survivors, close quote. Fanny answers that question with an emphatic yes. Fanny has been drastically altered since they were last seen in these parts. Two personnel changes have taken place. Brie Brandt becomes Brie Darling later, now sits on the drum stool while Patty Quattro, sister to the infamous Susie, holds guitar responsibilities. Jean Millington bass and Nikki Barkley keyboards are holdovers from the original band. Their jocular manager describes the sound of Fanny's new lineup as, quote, heavy diamond. Goes on to say, I like that. I like that too. Survivors is unlike anything the band has attempted before. Patty Quattro explains the piece this way. So this is you, Patty. Quote, it's a combination of the 10 years of what everybody's gone through with the music, dope, sex, the whole thing, where we're at now, where we're going. Close quote. The opera moves in three parts. Jean Millington describes the first part as, quote, how people get trapped into situations and lifestyles and they don't know how to cope, cope with it and everyone feels frustrated. Close quote. And Nikki goes on to say, this is Nikki now, in part two, it starts asking the questions of modern life and things moving too fast. Nikki Barkley continues. And in part three, it goes on to the future. It ends up with a telepathic call from outer space. Close quote. So I want to continue, but I want you, Patty, I want you to comment a little bit on that. I mean, again, I love all of you so much with all of my heart, but this just makes me giggle. You called out of space at the end. Can you tell us more about it? Oh, my God. See, I don't remember that one. I have the whole script. I kept it. So we can get into that a little bit in the future because we had little portions before the songs. I remember Jean talking about the girl thing and the sexuality. And that was one of hers. Um, outer space, huh? Uh, boy, <laughs> <laughs> that is, I'm going to have to pull out that script and take a look because I don't remember that. <laughs> it was specifically moving through movements. And at one point we took off the robes and, uh, I'm going to pull out that script tonight. Wonderful. You tweaked my memory. Because, well, I, like I said, I love you, but that just made me giggle to no end. I mean, spinal tap, hurrah. I said that <laughs> It's true. So the article goes on to say, how long has survivors been together? Nikki says, quote, it was written really in about six weeks or six weeks ago. There were some songs Patty was working on and we discovered when she came out to join the band that we really fit together and we put them together and we all got together and wrote some new songs that gave it continuity and discovered that we had a piece on our 
Hold on, on our hands, close quote. So Patty, you go on to say, quote, it's a two hour story, really. We can do it in an hour set and tell the story though, which is what we've been doing on tour, close quote. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I'm well, just- there, it was it was there it was long in Detroit because we did it as songs, and I had other songs that I didn't bring to Fanny. But when it was originally done, you know, like I said, I think I said yesterday, Cradle was into doing a lot of uh, social issues and stuff. We would attack anything. We did a song for Mountain called Peter Pornographic. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was very... We'll get into it that. It would have been banned. Yeah. And then we had one about Iggy Stooge and his little thing on stage. And, you know, David adored Iggy. We'll get into that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then we talked about the gay thing. Man is a man is a woman. And, man, we just put it out there every time when we were writing in Cradle. All the stuff that people weren't talking about much. You know, so some of that ended up in the Fanny one that we did. I brought the interesting things that I thought were good for it. And what Nikki was writing, it just melded together really good. And we realized we had little movements of different social things, you know, with the drugs and the sexuality and women and what they got caught in and the gay. And it all fit together because it it moved through life, like a life story of what we all experience and go through, depending on who we are and what moves us, you know, at any point in our life. So I loved doing it because it was a terribly interesting piece. And Nikki loved it. Brie, not so much. Jean was into it. You know, we had fun with it. Well, I think that's fantastic. I mean, as a historian, I also appreciate the fact that during the upheaval of these social movements, you as a musician were taking note of this. Yes. As a band, you were taking note of this and speaking out about that. That's wonderful. Yes. It was very weird because, like I said, when I came from Detroit, you know, it was a different thing. I was just into the music. That was that was it, you know. And we were brought up Catholic and the whole thing. But when to L.A., it was a whole different thing. But I had already experienced in the previous bands all those life issues. I mean, I watched, you know, Felix Popularity get shot by his wife, you know, and go to court and get away with it and and people dying from drugs and stuff. It was all around me. So even though I wasn't partaking of it, I was incredibly aware of the music business and what could happen. And my dad being a musician, I mean, we had a lot of education about the music industry. So we were very leery of what could go wrong. And we were very focused on music. So when I came to LA, I just, I fit right in. I went with the flow. It was looser, it more drugs, you know, but not what I hadn't seen already. It was just more prevalent out there. Everything was looser. Yeah. In, in Detroit, foot on the gas. That's mm. what the musicians were, foot on the gas, even though those other things existed. Let's move on with this article. Because it goes on to say, quote, after four albums with Warner Brothers, Fanny is signed to Neil Bogart's new label, Casablanca. They expect to be in the studio cutting Survivors during June and July. And so that would be 1974. A 45, not from the opera, has already been released. The mention of Neil Bogart excites the entire band. Brie goes, says in a deadpan, he's got a great stuffed camel. I sat on its hump. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Nikki great. straightens out to say, seriously, quote, Neil's a man with vision and the combination with us on Casablanca is going to be real good, close quote. Their Casablanca album will be produced by Vinnie Poncia. He wrote Oh My My for Ringo and he's getting very hot right now, Patty points out. It goes on to say, I think this is you still. Yes, you go on to say he's partners with Richard Perry, who produced their first three albums. Vinny's really good. He gets involved with the group, which is very nice. He gets in there and works out the songs. It's nice to have somebody objective in there like that. Close quote. How closely does he work with the band? Gene answers for the single. I've had it. He was with us for a week before we went into the studio. Close quote. How was the new lineup? This is the part I found interesting, Patty. I mean, all of this is so fascinating, but the article goes on to say, how has the new lineup changed Fanny's flavor? Nikki says, quote, aside from the fact that it's better, it's much fuller, close quote. Jean adds, quote, the music is much ballsier too, close quote. And then she adds, it has a lot to do with Patty's influence. Patty Quattro met Fanny. This is now, you had said, Patty, I'm going to call you on this. You had said <laughs> in the previous episode that you met Fanny because you and your brother, you in the band, Fanny opened up for you and they saw you play and la, la, la. Isn't that so innocent and nice? But it goes on in this article to say, Patty Quattro met Fanny on an airplane. And you say, quote, I was drunk and they were up front and they had to sober me up, close quote. <laughs> Do you what? remember that? Okay, you know what? It must have been a joke for the press because I didn't I didn't get drunk and I wasn't on a plane with them. I don't know what they were then I really was drunk. You I must have been drunk being on a plane with them. Because I don't remember that at all. I think that was a story fun thing for press. Uh, but you know, I'd have to ask Jean if she has memory of that. You know, well, and I, I think that's hilarious. I mean, they did, they did put quotes, but I mean, maybe you made up the story. I don't know. Or I like that you were so I'm drunk. I never Yeah, I don't remember that at all. I think I it's so funny. It <laughs> well, more interesting than is. just playing at a gig. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I love the image of it too. So the article yeah, goes on. Yeah, Patty getting loose. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, and that they had to sober you up is also funny too, I think. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think it would be the reverse. De-sobering <laughs> 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 them up. <laughs> exactly. So the article goes on to say, what does Patty Quattro hope to do with Fanny? Quoting you now. My philosophy is you don't want to get into one bag. Like, you know how many records you'll stick on the record player and they're the same from beginning to end? We're trying to go for different feels. Every song is different, close quote. Would you like yes. to respond to yourself? Oh, you know, my dad brought us up, you know, do it all, present a, on stage your, your costuming, your music, your how you are up front. And that is something that stayed with all of the Quattro girls, every band we ever did. And I took it to Fanny. You know, yes, I wanted to do, I love every genre. And if you're going to do it, do it right. Experiment with different things. I hate putting on, I didn't like the album era where you had to put on an album and you had probably 70% album fluff, what I call album fluff. You know, nothing really meaty and great. 
And then you had the hits that were on the album, you know, the better ones. I hated the pressure of that. And there were very few albums that could, you know, carry your interest all the way through. Unless you were like in Pink Floyd and stoned out of your mind, you just sit back and, ooh, you know, you go there. But you could name just a few bands that could carry an entire album, The Stones, Led Zeppelin, you know, Pink Floyd, but a lot of them had album fluff. I'll be real irreverent here if you don't mind. Please. I loved Cream. I loved Eric Clapton and, you know, his phrasing, his guitar work. I mean, I just think he's fabulous. But, uh, that the three piece jam thing, right? Oh my god, so many gigs where we were in that trend and you had to fill space at a place and play on a riff and do it for a long time. I hated that. And that was it, Disraeli Gears or something that I mean, just not my cup of tea. I mean, there was, I think that was the album, and it was just ad nauseum jamming. And I never liked, you know, that's what I don't like about album fluff and trying to fill the album. Not my cup of tea. No, never worked, never will. But society loved it. So, so go figure. No, really. Yeah. They ate it up. The jam era was a popular time. Uh, and, you know, looking back on it, to me, it was like boring watching paint dry, you know, listening to some of these albums was not interesting so you're a bona fide musician so i think i feel that's not just irreverent that's really just professional opinion i love it boring i'm going to quote you more from this article it says again this is all from 1974 patty doesn't feel that either she or her sister project a tough image quote it's just what you do naturally and by nature I do like playing ballsy musical stuff. I'm not into a laid back chick thing, close quote. (laughs) And then it goes on to say, and we're almost done, but I love this. The article says, opera notwithstanding, there is no getting away from the fact that Fanny is still the country's premier all-girl band. They can't run away from their sex, nor do they care to. And Jean smiles and adds, obviously we're women. And Brie deflates it all by saying, I want to see an old dog band. (laughs) that's so brie oh my god she is the queen of throwing in a line (laughs) but also the queen of doing it deadpan which is so wonderful that's that's brie yep um that yeah that says it all i i didn't we didn't do gender Susie and i we didn't do gender you know we just we didn't even recognize that society was looking at it like a novelty among the suits that just thought we'd get married and get pregnant and fall in love and the whole thing. You know, it was just stupid. We just wanted to play music and have a great time doing it. So, yeah, we were real ballsy. Uh, the Quattro girls were very independent, brought up that way by a musician, and he completely supported us. So we we did whatever we wanted to do and did it on stage. And we weren't to fruit. There were a lot of other girl bands, okay? Tons of them. We weren't the only ones through the country. 
A lot of great musicians. And the ones I respected were the ones that were playing ballsy. The ones that were like, la, 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 la. No, leave it out. And I won't get a reverend here because we'll get into the music aspects later. But there's some that made it bigger than Fanny was able to by going into that mainstream pop thing. And, you know, it didn't get me. I might have liked the hit, mm-hmm. but everything else they were doing on stage, it was like, no, you couldn't really carry our guitars and drums to the stage. You know, we were better musicians. And, you know, I'm not going to knock anyone, but it's the way it was. There were a lot of women around just playing real Mamby Pamby like a girl, you know, and June twisted that saying around, you know, let's play like a girl. And I know exactly what she meant. You know, there shouldn't be this discrimination thing of, you know, who's going to, you know, you're going to play girly. It, it isn't about that. Play like a damn girl and mm-hmm. do it the way you want to, and it'll be fine. So I thought that was clever the way she turned that around. I think so too. And, and it's interesting. I'll say it if you don't want to at least one band is the Go-Go's and through a weird twist of fate, I, when I was about 17 or 18, I was 17 going into 18, Jane Weedlin of the Go-Go's was in my acting class. Oh my and God. It was so odd because of course I told her about you and her line to me, I will never forget this. And I don't know if she would, it's not even cop to it anymore. But when I told her my dad managed you and all of that, she said, Oh, Fanny, she said, Fanny, they can really play. She said, I I can play the guitar if the wind's blowing right. Yeah, 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 exactly. And you know who was the, I mean, I can't go into her personal story, but Kathy Valentine. Oh, she's amazing. She's a she's very talent. talent. She's the talent. Yep. And she played good. She had to go to bass because they needed bass. And I mean, she was great. She lives in Austin with me. We're, we're friends. In fact, I brought her into the the motivator or not the motivator, the uh, Fanny walk the earth album. We'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. But Kathy's a doll. She, she's been through a lot of shit too. A lot with her, you know, being with yeah. them and all that and what she had to do on her own and make her journey. And she's a terribly interesting gal, love her to death. And she's my Austin neighbor. Well, maybe your Austin neighbor can come over and the three of us can have tea together. Oh yeah. Chat. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 